1: 1116 SEM. The award-winning crunch time. time. What the H is a deal on a Honda? Search Honda offers to find out about our great deals. Head to Subway and try the new hot-grilled Paninis.
2: Short to Fantasia, then precise again to All The space opens up for him. That was poor by Sydney. He's gone for a long shot. It was a long shot, and can you believe it? And it's bounced through for a goal. McDonald Tiffin Woody, ekes it out. Fantasia gets a quick kick and it goes through. And it's going to give the bowlers the lead at halftime. And that could be 50. It will be a frustrated stringer. Didn't return the ball. It it might be a double from the depth of the back pocket with two 50s. And the crowd love it. And it's O'Rin who's never kicked a goal in AFL footy from 40 metres out. Cue the celebrations. And the Swans teammates come from everywhere have enough of it it doesn't make any difference hayward walks it into goal and the swans are going to be hard to meet now Hook at the spoil brilliant parish parish got it and they've cut the margin to five oh what a finish we've got for you at the scg he's got to go for home now he's kicked it short and the mark is taken Now he can kick a long way, David Myers. David Myers is 65 metres out from goal. Malcolm Blydesk has to go the top. He's got to launch the kick of a lifetime. It's not going to make it. The tyranny of distance. And the Sydney Swans remember what it's like to win in the most dramatic style at home at the SCG. It's handy to be
0: able to show that we can change momentum during the course of the game, even with a younger team. To be able to do that's important. And if you get your nose out of the line, it's, it's a good sign. But, you know, we, we go next week down at Tassie and we've got another challenge It doesn't stop. You've got to understand, well, as a younger player, it doesn't stop. It starts again next week, but you've also got to enjoy it because it's a tough caper. And you've got to enjoy the, the tight wins when you can.
3: She was a weird old night at the SCG, particularly at the finish. But for the Swans, it was a beautiful thing. Besterfield, Luke Parker joins us to reflect.
4: Disappointed, really disappointed. Um,
2: uh, We're working pretty hard. I think
5: we can do better in that area, but we're not really capitalising on and getting the reward for the hard work. So, you know, we're all aware that... uh, We've had to shuffle our forward line around a fair bit over the last couple of weeks. but um, and, and the guys are working pretty hard up there, the ones that are getting the opportunity. But um, it's not our
2: best balanced look at the moment.
3: The Bombers are back on the skids. Two losses in five days and three on the trots. Are they simply
2: not good enough?
6: Look, I'm not going to sugarcoat yesterday's performance. Uh, wasn't acceptable, but I can guarantee we'll respond on Saturday.
2: Obviously, uh, very happy with the outcome. Yeah, never intentionally struck anyone in my career, and, and just really happy with uh,
7: with the result. If it was with his Collingwood hat on, it would be inconsistent with the way that you know the way we want to carry ourselves. It's been a combination of a number of things, and you know he's getting on top of those things, and we're gonna get around Stephen and support him through that. My form and the team's form were probably gonna
8: decide where
7: I
6: was gonna be playing, and obviously form hasn't stacked up to where it needs to be the last couple of weeks.
3: And AFL CEO Gil McLaughlin is our headline guest as we delve into all the key issues in the game. It's the round eight edition of Crunch Time for Honda. What the H is the deal on a Honda? Search Honda offers to find out about our great deals and head to Subway and try the new hot grilled panini. No shortage of talking points after the Swans' dramatic five-point win at the SCG last night, and it sets up a telling Saturday right the way around the country. Jared Waitley with you, where Ballarat is living the cliché, it's grey, it's been wet, and
4: it is
8: cold. It's cold. Bob Murphy, welcome. (laughs) Hello, Jared. How are you? Good morning to you, and good morning to everyone else out there. Yeah, now we're in, there's smoke billowing out of chimneys around us. It's a beautiful setting. There's no rain at the moment, Jared. so I think we'll get a good, a good game of footy today, but we, we had a beauty last night.
3: The Lions will know they're alive when they walk out <laughs> into this, though, won't they?
8: Well, is it strategic that the dogs get the, the Queensland sides down here? No, that'll be a, be a bit of a shock for them when they get off the bus, so. so will it be enough? We'll see.
3: Did you ever catch yourself shimmying in your upper goalpost at any point in the match?
8: <laughs> Never in my life. Jared, did it occur to me to shimmy up the goalpost? It's one of those. I just thought. I just thought we all knew that one is not allowed to climb the goalpost, but there's always surprises around the corner in this game.
3: I can imagine Dermot Burton being uh, on a goalpost somewhere, trying to put somebody off their game. Derm, welcome.
4: <laughs> hey, Jared, how are you? G'day, Bob. Just cop the cold and move on, mate. Don't worry about it. Um,
8: no, no long y- sleeves up here.
4: <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, disallowed. Hey, uh. I thought that was extraordinary up the, the goalpost. And the other, another rule that is uh, implemented but has never... Well, actually, has never needed to be implemented, but it is in the book, the human wall. You can't give somebody a shoulder ride. You can jump, and you know, as in taking a screamer or the action of taking a screamer to touch a ball on the goal line, but you can't give sh- somebody a shoulder ride on the goal line. That's a free kick as well. In, in an attempt to touch the ball as a kicking goal, there's all these weird little rules which actually are in existence, but they never get implemented because they never get seen. And, and, and it's almost like it surprises the umpire. But that umpire was not surprised. He knew it was incorrect, yet he told Rampy to get down rather than award a water free kick. I don't know where I sit, whether it should be a free kick or not, because it doesn't look like the, the kick... Wasn't affected by it, but if you look at the timing of it, he, he jumps to the post. At, obviously, the ball's out of screen. Somewhere around the time he would have been striking the ball. Now, does that then mean it is in play? I, I don't know where I sit in it. I, I'm bloody happy Essendon lose another one, I and uh, but but I, I think I think the Bombers are a little hard done by on this. I, I would be leaning towards. If I, if you held a gun to my head and say, "Where's the decision lie, I'd be leaning to a, a, a awarding a free kick against Rampy. Uh,
3: are the, are they rules or are they the Pirates guidelines? They are really.
4: in the rule book, Jared. <laughs> They're in the rule book. Yeah, so
3: you can't yeah. throw grass standing on the mark. That that would be that's an immediate fifty metre yes, penalty. Yeah, but yeah. you can shimmy up the post just for a little bit, just for a <laughs> bit of a lark. Shimmy right, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Kane Corns always
7: knows where he stands on these things. Kane, good morning. <laughs> I'm so oh, excited. Was, it was a free is a free kick every day now. It, oh, I love yeah, it. If the umpire Bob had come out and said we didn't see it, and and. We were focused on the goal, and the goal umpire was watching the kick and the ball come through, and he didn't see it in his peripheral vision. Yep, we understand umpires miss some things, but they saw it and ticked it they ticked it off. He warned him down. Exactly right. So he's
8: he's admitted to Common seeing sense, it. Common sense, Kane. And Common once sense. again,
7: once again, Bob, the AFL ticks off another decision. When when do they ever come out and say, "Oh, hang on, well, we we put our hands up, we got it wrong"? You hear players do it. Every week, Patrick. No, Krips, don't we worry have about. The audio. Don't worry
8: about the AFL ticking it off. I'm I'm ticking it off now. We've been <laughs> dancing around this all year. Can we? Have, this is our first proper it blue is, for the yeah, year. It is. I think we get. We're so critical of the umpires when they get very technical and they have no common sense, no feel for the game. I thought the umpire last night umpired the game beautifully in those final moments, telling Dane Rampey just get down. I think the umpire was shocked like we all were. It's like,
7: what's he doing? Just get Bob, down. You, get you down. get can have get someone down. climbing a goalpost. You, you can't, can't have it. We,
8: you know what, Kane? We can't have people doing that from now on. I think in the moment it's like, get down, Dane. It has no effect on the game. Let's I guarantee get off. you,
4: Bob, I guarantee you this week, this weekend, from now until 5 p.m. or dark at Sunday – There'll be two dozen kids climb goalposts <laughs> in junior football exactly. in Australia. <laughs> exactly. I, it's, okay, I guarantee so Kane, you.
3: Kane, yes, so you yes. have to play the counterfactual out. So last night, Myers' kick comes up three metres short. We all go, right, the game's decided. Sydney is celebrating. And the umpire's blowing his whistle, blowing his whistle and marching Myers to the goal square to win the game after the kick initially. Mm.
7: Are you mm. okay with that? I am because he's halfway oh, up the post before the kick's even left the boot. I think if you look at it, and and Jared, we'll, we'll speak about it as well. But if you are going to have the fast goal situation where Sydney can transfer the ball from their back pocket because of a hundred metre penalty that results in a goal up the other end, that's a fast. If we're going to have that, you've got to penalise ridiculous acts of a player. Oh, calling he's got a, goal a point post. there. You, he's you've got, got a to, point yeah. there, and Bob. If, if you're going to Go Fight by that Bob. rules.
8: And, and I'm, scribbling, I'm scribbling in my, in my notebook here, Dermot. Bob. He's got I'm a real good find, point there. I'm flicking through some legal documents to find something, Dermot. <laughs> so so I, just,
7: I just think if you're going to pay that, if you're going to pay, I, I've never seen anything like that before in my yeah. life watching so, footy. I, you so you're absolutely sure, Kane, that we wouldn't be sitting here going,
3: the game was over. Does the, ump- the umpire just intervene where he absolutely did not
7: need to intervene? I would think we are saying, Dane Rampey, what are you doing? I, yeah, I think I, that's I what agree it would be. And, and I'd say it, it, it's a harsh penalty, but you, you're an experienced player. You know that you can't do that. You, you saw Brad Hill um, throw grass the other day. You, you know the rules. You should know the rules as a professional player. So th- my blame, I think in hindsight, and I hope it would be, would, would be on, on Rampey. Yes, it's unfortunate you lose the game off that, but it's a poor look. Jared, yep. you raise a
4: great point there. And I think it's counterproductive to to your side of the argument. Does he intervene where it hasn't side. affected the game? Yeah. I know you haven't. I know you haven't. Yes, yet. But I've got an inkling as to where where you might. Um, if somebody's a hundred meters behind play and they put somebody in a headlock, touch them above the shoulders, the neck and above, it's a free kick. That affects play, but it doesn't. It has no effect on where the ball is. Yep. But that is a free kick, and that's 100 metres off play. It's a glorious quirk, that
3: much I know, and Gil McLaughlin's going to join us. (laughs) I did the notes last night. I couldn't have imagined we'd be starting with a bloke shimmying up the goalpost. Hey, so that's – it's a great talking point, and we'll obsess over it all weekend, I'm sure, and well into Monday. But the real question, Derm, is are the Bombers just not good enough?
4: Bombers. Are, uh, now let me say this the right way. The Bombers play simplistic footy. There are times they do dumb things, like the hundred metre uh, um, the penalty, dropping the ball on the ground, and then a, a, a body check by Devon S- Smith on on O'Reardon as he tries to make his progress forward to the fifty metre mark. But by a little bit more than that. As I've told you guys, and you know, I am awful to watch a game of football with. (laughs) I I cannot watch it in real time. I rewind. I stop. They get so many of their positional um, uh, grids wrong. You know how we're used to seeing in Brisbane Luke Hodge standing in the goal square, pointing, screaming, yelling at blokes to take up a position. And if they're one and a half metres into the wrong spot, he screams at them to take a step to the left, one and a half metres, or the right, whatever it is. Essendon gets so much wrong at where they set up and how they do it. They get so much wrong in how they kick the ball forward inside 50. I don't think... They've got some smartish players, and they've got some, you know, clever players, and they've got some wonderful players. I don't think they have intelligent footballers on every line that help the benefits that benefits their team.
8: I think I think something that supports your theory, Derm. Whenever I watch and on the TV, the amount of times. An opposition forward will take a mark, and I can see the frustration on Michael Hurley, and he seems to me to be the the, the leader of that that back line, so the, the architect of yep. the setup. The amount of times he's pointing and frustrated by clearly the team defence, something up the field. It, it's not a oh my man's got it. I'm disappointed with that. It's Gee, we've 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 let ourselves down again because there's too many holes up the field. It's a little There's a little clue there I think with Hurley. There was, a,
4: there was a boundary line throwing in the, in the forward pocket for Sydney uh, at one stage in the third quarter and it's difficult watching on a Friday night footy until we get the behind the goals vision during the week mm. but they showed behind the goals footage and Sydney had uh, one extra it, it just at the back of the pack in their forward line and of all people, it was Dyson Heppel giving Essendon a two-on-one should Essendon win the ball and kick it to the wing. I think I'd prefer to man up the bloke at the back of the pack rather than have a an extra one down the line where you're going to have to try and win the scrap against Sydney. Kick it your way and have a two-on-one in favour. I mean, that's just one, a footy 101. Kane, what's uh, your view on the bombers? Yeah, well
7: I don't want to be too grumpy this morning, but I want to take a more <laughs> general I want to take a broader look. I feel like I've been a bit negative to, to start this way, doing But let's take a look at the bombers as a whole. Forget last night, because I, I thought they were reasonable. They had, you could say they had a go, great game of footy there. They In did it have right a go, didn't the they, they? They tackled t- yeah. yeah. hard. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely they had a go. But they're playing the eighteenth team on the ladder. A team that's won one out of their last seven at the SCG. They start two and six last year. This is if they lose to go three and five. They've got two All-Australian key backs. they got Dana who wasn't playing the forward line, but just talking generally, you got two All-Australian midfielders. you got top five draft picks in Francis Parrish, McGrath. You bring in Smith, Sard, Stringer, Shield in the last two years, and you cannot get that done last night against the 18th side when it means so much to you as a footy club, how you started. They're an, they're an absolute tease of a football club. They are a middle-of-the-road ordinary football team right now and let's stop getting seduced by what we think Essendon are going to give us because they fail every time they haven't won a final in 15 years they've been an ordinary football team for a long time and Derm you mentioned the ball use and the structures and the setups is that coaching well it has to be some coaching because if you look through their list they don't want for anything, the bombers. And they just can't get that, let that us wrong. Down. They, they just can't get that wrong. That's like a
4: teacher not knowing his times tables. It, it is the players out on the ground not organising. And as we know, they've taken away the, the runners' uh, interjections to a great deal this year. It's players out there being able to organise. They just, they mustn't have it. Because coaches see it, and they, that's what sends them batty in the box. We all heard Rocket, that the, the what he did with Will Minson, that, that send-up tape.
8: Um, Post-traumatic stress, it, doom, don't bring it up for me. Yeah. It Shock therapy although for
4: me. It, Although it was all individual moments, all glued together, hashed together to make it sound like one endless tirade, the comment you hear in it is, what is he thinking? What is he doing? That sends coaches batty when they give a player instructions and he's incapable of of, of at least carrying out the very, very starting point where the coach wants him to, to make progress from.
3: Okay. So there's a lot to work through here. I, I can sense we're going to have to dedicate some time to the star 21 open line. We'll do that after midday. So after we've spoken to Gil, star 21, your world, endless possibilities, absolute tease. Kane, don't go changing. Don't go changing now. Okay. <laughs> Luke Parker is going to join us after the break. Then Gillan McLaughlin, and then we'll be right into it. The crunch. This could be the best edition of the year so far on, of the crunch. This is crunch time. <laughs> know what the H you're Side getting. Problem. Search Ask Honda and try the new hot grilled paninis at Subway. Oh, yeah. On 11.16 SEN, the award-winning Crunch Crunch Time.
1: Time. What the H is a deal on a Honda? Search Honda offers to find out about our great deals. Head to Subway and try the new hot grilled paninis.
3: The Swarm's got the sustenance of a win at home, their second win of the season. The man most instrumental to it was Luke Parker, and he's with us on Crunch Time. Luke, good morning. Hey, Luke, we've got you there. Welcome to Crunch Time. Yeah, how you going? How What's, you going? um, How'd you come away from last night?
5: Yeah, no, look, it was... Um, yeah, I, I was holding my breath that last yeah. kick, but, um, look, it was, it was good to get away with a win and, and play some um, good football at times and get back that fierce mindset and, um, yeah, give the boys some confidence going forward.
3: How much of a review will happen, do you reckon, around the last sort of 35 seconds of the game?
5: Yeah, plenty, I think. Um, that's where the experience comes into things. And, and we probably got a few little things wrong. I think um, one of my kicks didn't go as wide as I hoped. And then Nick Blakey's kick after le- laying an incredible tackle to nearly win the game um, then absolutely shanks the kick as well. So uh, little things like that, you, you got to learn from it and know what to do at that time of the game. Did you see Dane Rampey up the goalpost? I didn't see him up the goalpost. I saw it, I saw it after the game, but... Um, I had no idea what he was doing, so... Um, but anyway, yeah, it is what it is. What do you
3: reckon would have happened if the umpire had blown the whistle and moved David Myers to the goal line?
5: Uh, I think he would have got an Uber to the Harbour Bridge and probably jumped <laughs> off, mate. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that's um, <laughs> it would have been shattering. It was have been He was incredible that last quarter, so... Uh, we'll forgive him for that, but... Yeah, sometimes I'm not sure what goes through his <laughs> So, and John
3: Longmire was riding every moment of oh it emotionally. Gosh. Is how do you think he would have been with it?
5: I'm not too sure, but yeah, like look, having him on the bench is, is a different look, especially for the young boys. And that have his passion, I guess, um, showing on, on like being there and being able to ride the passion with him. And um, look, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have been too happy if it was one of the most experienced players. Um, giving away a free kick. Is it just sort of something that you know, don't climb the goalpost? Look, I don't know. I've never even thought to climb a goalpost. <laughs> so I've never thought of it. But, um, look, it's in the rule books, apparently, but, um, yeah, it hasn't really crossed my mind. It's crossed Dane Ramy's mind, so... It has. Bob?
8: Uh, well done last night, Luke. Um... Thanks, I could talk about the Dane Rampy climbing up the post all day, but we <laughs> mu- we must move on. Uh, you played last night with an incredible physical presence yourself. You described then you know the, the fierce mentality that you kind of went into the game with. Was that something yep. you you the, you the leaders spoke about before the game, or was that something that sort of uh, developed during the game? Because at quarter time, you sort of you know you took it up to a couple of their players, and it did look like the temperature of the game changed, and that you had sort of started that.
5: Yeah, I think it was more... Uh, like, this whole season, that's probably wavered um, during games with us, and I think it's been on our leaders that that if we get that mindset right, then the young boys tend to jump on board. So, uh, for me, going into the game, I think after last week's performance, um, we're all pretty unhappy with that, and uh, we want to just get back to playing some really fierce football, and we know that's what um, the rest of our game stems from. I think I think once we... Get that mindset right, all of a sudden your your disposal efficiency picks up. You're more, uh, your inside fifty, I guess, percentage of goals picks up, and uh, it's incredible how much that correlates with with how passionate and how, um, I guess, fire you are.
8: It was a classic Bloods victory last night. You, you've been a leader at, at that club for for a long, long time, and there's been a lot of conversation and conjecture around around the Swans this year, having been up for so long and and this year so far sort of having a little bit of a dip. I'm intrigued about yep. the, the conversations in that leadership group with the leaders of the club and the administration around the language around... Because the language around rebuilding is so delicate publicly, but also amongst yep. the, the the players and the senior players. Have you been a part of those conversations of, of how to navigate this playing group through this period?
5: Yeah, we've well, had plenty of conversations about how much the, the team has changed, and and I guess you don't have those blokes outside of the leadership group who um, as much play at such a high, aggressive standard, you don't have the Shane Mumfords or the Benny McGlins or the Ted Richards or Jude Boltons anymore who who just, you know, what you're going to get from each week. And I think um, you really got to stem it back and, and make sure the young guys actually know what the standards are. And um, That's been more the, the conversation um, going forward is, look, at times we're going to have some inexperience out there, but if they... Know what the standards are and what's required of them. Um, we'll get a few things wrong, but if your mindset's right, generally you'll come
4: out on top. Jim, Luke, last night, I, I, admittedly, we've only got the TV to watch from down here, but it looked like a very yeah. clean game around the stoppage, as if there wasn't too much congestion. Normally, we'd see Sydney fight the fight and scrap and 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 gnaw their way into the opposition, but it looked like Essendon were trying to draw, not run their you know, their high half forwards to the stoppage to try and leave room for, you know, running exits from there? Was that something you guys saw, pinpointed, or, or am I seeing it wrongly off the TV? No,
5: no, we, we really wanted to even up the stoppages, so I think they were um, sending Smith and um, Stringer into the stoppage a fair bit to try and um, outnumber us at the front, and we, we re- really wanted to back our inside work against uh, we know they're a fast team, we know they want it on the outside, and um, we really wanted to back out grunt, so I think we we pushed our winger in and, and had our defender sitting off the back just to even up the numbers um, at the stoppage and and really back ourselves to make it that contested game, which we wanted to pride ourselves on being down. I guess for the most of the season in in that contested ball area.
4: Well, you've got the the perimeter of the the square makes the centre bounce hard to dictate, but how do you think that went for you in the in the stoppage clearances? Look, well, I think it was, I think it was pretty good.
5: I don't think. Um, well, they're pretty effective from their centre bounces and kicking goals, and yep. um, I think we we nullified that, um, especially with the pace and, and power they have coming out of that centre bounce. Um, I think the main thing was that um, if if they're going to get a clearance, it's a it's a rushed kick, and you don't want any any walkouts. Where this day and age, having six v six down back, it's um, pretty hard for the defenders to stop with it's coming lace out.
4: And Luke McKenna the, the, and Saad... I mean they are such a, a potent springboard out of the back line. what was on on the Sydney board to stop them because it looked like you did a really good job stopping their offensive run out
5: yeah I think it 's just understanding who's their, whose um, hands you want the ball in, and uh, for us, you wanted to keep it out of those those two boys' hands and um, we know how dangerous side is with his pace and um, run off that half back line and, and that 's the thing for the young boys to um, that's probably where our majority of our young boys are is that forward line group. And to, for them to be able to go in, have a really clear mindset on, on what we're going to do and shut those two key players down and um, not let them have as big an influence on the game is um, really incredible for them going forward. Okay.
7: Luke, the SCG has been an awful place for an opposition club to go and play, which is exactly what you want. It's not that anymore. You were 1-7 before last night, now 2-7. and seven. Yep. As an interstate club you can't cop that record. Uh, have you thought about why that could be, why it's no longer a difficult place to go and play?
2: Oh,
5: look, I think it's... For us, it's, it's hard to pinpoint what the mindset is or if there's anything that's changed. But I think um, for us, we're, we've identified it and we want to be um, that club where you know what you're going to get when it's, you come to the SCG. It's going to be a hard, hard slog. But I think teams over the years have really set themselves the challenge of Of coming up to Sydney knowing that it's going to be a hard day and really I don't know, sometimes you find that game where you find a little bit of um, fire or a little bit of another 10% just to uh, really get it done and I think teams do that probably similar to Geelong and Geelong and West Coast over there, you really um, just set your mind to to getting it done, the crowd's against you, everyone's against you and it's just the 22 out there so that's probably the mindset for the teams coming to Sydney but um, we're, we're well aware of Of what we need to change and make sure that we get on the front foot.
7: What about holistically now? You're off the bottom. You're 15th on the ladder. That may be different by the end of the round, but how much damage can you do for the rest of the year? And where exactly are you at as a footy club?
5: Oh man, we just got to keep ticking off each week. We take some confidence from the weekend. Uh, We played some really good football. Some uh, football which was more Sydney style, and, and for the young boys to really jump on board and get that feeling, what it feels like, um, playing that brand of footy is really good for us going forward. So um, we've got four games until the break and we're really probably putting our mindset to, to ticking those four games off. And um, then you just you, you worry about, I guess, um, the next game. That's about it.
3: Terrific, Luke. Thanks for your time and that well done last night.
5: Too easy, boys. Thank you.
3: The Swans by five points over the Bombers. The conversation does not end there. Gil McLaughlin is about to join us. Uh, Let's check in with Unibet. Get footy fill-ups every week at unibet.com.au. Russell Barwick. Russ, welcome.
0: Thanks, Jared, And uh, afternoon or morning, everyone. And uh, speaking of those footy fill-ups, the Western Bulldogs is where we have our footy fill-ups in the AFL this week. $2 about the doggies. They're $1.65 normally, but we'll bet you $2 as part of the fill-ups. Brisbane Lions two twenty three, getting five and a half start. A uh, bit of interest in this game, but not much interest in the Carlton Collingwood one as you'd expect. Collingwood a dollar twelve six forty, the Blues thirty seven and a half the margin. Otherwise, Port Adelaide and Crows probably the most interesting game of the afternoon or evening. Uh, two twenty five the Power and the Crows a dollar sixty five. I've got to say. Uh, we have got a new product at UniBet. It's the UniBoost. The racing allows up to three odds boosts a day on any race, anywhere, including the Doomben 10,000 later today. Nature Strip, the 235 favourite over Osborne Bulls 280. So go to the website. Gamble responsibly and enjoy whatever you're doing on this sunny Saturday afternoon.
3: Good on you, Russ. Not in Ballarat. Get legendary tips on at odds with Junior, Fletch and Hammer. Watch the latest episode at unibet.com.au. Gil McLaughlin, the League chief executive, is about to join us. This is crunch time. Know what the H you're getting. Search Ask Honda and try the new
1: hot grilled paninis at Subway.
3: On 1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch, crunch
1: time. time. What the H is a deal on a Honda? Search Honda offers to find out about our great deals. Head to Subway and try the new hot grilled paninis.
3: This morning is living proof that you just never know where the talking points will come from. In the box at the MCG is the AFL Chief Executive, Gil McLaughlin. Gil, welcome to Crunch Time.
4: No, no, Gil's not here yet. Not there yet. No, uh, he's not in the MCG box yet. I don't know where he is. We're waiting on him. I'll, I'll keep you posted. Cool. What's um, in One the minute ar- we've got. One, one minute. He's out in the back
3: shaking hands, kissing baby's heads, that sort of stuff, yeah. So in the yeah. aftermath of the chat with Luke Parker, uh, what what's, what are the Swans' prospects?
4: Ooh. <laughs> I, I dislike it when a team that's going bad goes good. It means you get in one, it's, it's harder to tip one a week. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think they can do a lot of damage from here. I think they could probably win another 6-8 games, but uh, I don't think they're, they're going to go to the edge of the finals.
7: Yeah, they're in that they're in that group of players, the cluster Port Adelaide, St Kilda, Hawthorne, Essendon, North Melbourne, Melbourne they're in that bunch, you know, they finish anywhere from probably 8th to 16th and and that's how close it is and it can go either way they started what the 2 and 6 last year or the year before and um, they're in that position again so they've made it hard for themselves you need to ask though should they be better
4: I mean, they do have Rampey, who's an outstanding player. They do have Kennedy, who's probably at about—you well, take the peak of his career—he's probably at about 80% of that now, given his age and he's banged up a bit. But he's still a darn good player. Parker's should be at the peak of his powers and played a, a, a cracker last night. They got some young players now who've who've come who are coming through. But it just seems without Lance up forward, they've they've really lost their pure potency. I mean, they won last night with minus 13 inside 50s. Mm. Uh, they were 5 to 12 out of the centre bounce. Uh, they won with the contested possession around the ground and they were a bit closer on the clearances around the ground. But all the indicators said that they probably should have lost if once again, I thought if Essendon had played a little smarter, they probably win that game last night. So uh, for a team, Essendon, that's we've discussed them ad nauseum almost already um they probably should have put them away but as i say that we have gil just about to step into the box now yes that seat please Gil. And gentlemen, good afternoon to the head honcho, Gil Hello, Gerard. How, How are you? Good. Jared. would you like to take it away? Uh, Gil, in all the topics that we might have raised if
3: we'd convened at half past eight last night, is what possibility did you think there would be we'd be talking
6: about a player shimming up a goalpost? <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> um, no, listen, I'm always, uh, uh, I'm never surprised about what actually happens in this game and the nuance and the things that can come up. And, uh, yeah, I think um, a guy shimming up a goalpost in the last seconds of the game is probably not something we would have contemplated. Should a free kick have been paid? Well, I, I, I won't... I won't um, I'll wait and see what the umpiring department the footy department says. But for me, it seemed pretty practical umpiring. And I haven't looked... I mean, apparently, there's lots of different camera angles. But he gave him the warning and he, the guy got down. And it didn't in fact impact on the play. And it, for me, it's a bit analogous to... A guy who's a meter over the mark, and he says, "Come back, or it's 50, And the guy comes back immediately. And if he doesn't, then it's a free kick. And that seemed to be a very practical response. Um, people will get into the technicalities of what the rule says, but it, you know, if he'd stayed there, it would have been a, a free kick. He, he gave him the warning. It didn't. I think he to fell play- though, Gil. <laughs> I don't know, but the, 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 that's my assessment, Jared. But the, but the technical assessment, I don't want to cut across what the umpiring department and the footy department will say upon review, but it seemed a pretty pragmatic piece of umpiring.
3: So are they, are they rules or guidelines, Gil? Because the rule does prescribe that a free kick be awarded against a player who intentionally shakes a goal post either before or after a player is disposed of the football, which does imply that it doesn't matter whether it affects the play or not. If you do it,
6: it's a free. Yeah, I think the thing would be as prescriptive as that, Jared. when you were talking about a 50-metre penalty
3: which was paid last week for the throwing of grass at a man lining up for goal, which had absolutely no impact on the kick.
6: Yeah, but, but we can pick them all all the time, Gerard. I mean, the, the, the people want, I, I think, common sense in the umpiring and, and some practicality. I hear that all of the time. I think that's what was exhibited last night. That's what happens in our game. People cut it both ways. I think that my explanation to you, without giving a definitive assessment because i wait for the umpiring, is that he, he deemed that it wasn't you know, actually kicking at goal. The guy, I don't know whether he'd start his run-up or not. And he and he gave me a warning, got down, and it was a practical response. What the umpiring department say or what you say will will play out. That's my assessment sitting here this morning.
7: Kane? Uh, Gil, I think the frustration is that uh, often the review comes out and, and just reading it, it appears as though the umpiring department has ticked off that decision last night. The frustration is rarely do we see the umpires put their hand up and say, yep. That one I got wrong. We saw it after Anzac Day, the five contentious ones, all ticked off by the AFL. Do you sense and do you understand the frustration from supporters that often we don't get an admission of, um, you know, error?
6: Yeah, I do. And I think um, we, the AFL and the industry, needs to be, to be better about that. Um, and, you know, it's a very difficult job and there's technical interpretations um, um, all of the time. And I think people want accountability, and I understand that point of view. It's a difficult job. I thought generally um, last night was umpired very well. um, And it was a very difficult decision at the end. And I reckon either way it had gone last night, people would have issue with it.
7: Mm. So do we need more transparent umpire reviews of the games? Do, Do we need some more transparency? Whether they go through the vision or... I'm not sure the process, but could it be more transparent for the fans and for the footy clubs?
6: I think there's a level of transparency. It's a bit, of though, about... Um, a broader assessment about uh, decision making. I I, I don't disagree with you, Kane. I think there's transparency there, but I think um, it's a very, very difficult business and and people feel pressure from every angle and we're here to support the umpires, but also we want the right communication with our supporters i agree with that
3: it's just the last one on this gil if the opposite had happened last night do you think we as a football world would have completely lost our minds today that there was a second kick given in the goal square that yeah, decided I, th- the I, th- match? I think i think today would have been
6: much more <laughs> difficult for me than it, than the way it went yes <laughs> so i mean this is that i don't want to divert from it but if we played the other way people would have been outraged i but think the easy decision is to make no decision I think it was a very, I I just thought the maturity of the umpire there, I was actually pretty impressed with the practical, sensible maturity of the way of the approach. Now, people then will go to the definitive black and white of the rule. Again, I haven't looked at it. That'll be for the umpiring department. But I thought that it didn't impinge on the play and it was a practical response. And my, as I said to you, I look at it in the way of a guy's over the mark on the 50, he blows him, he comes back and the guy has his shot and he didn't make it. Can't believe an old forward such as yourself is in. <laughs> not fighting for the goal. <laughs> wow. Different shoes on today, Dan.
4: <laughs> Can um, I ask, you, and I'm not, uh, to change the, the, um, the track a little bit, uh, I don't envy your position in this world in relation to being a moral uh, sanction on, on certain issues in the football world. Things like... Uh, how we have to chastise players for certain types of behaviour, how we, uh, the flying of the flag up when there was the yes vote out. Things like that. As I said, there's a very difficult line for you to tread, to make moral decisions on behalf of what is the biggest sporting fraternity in Australia. And you morally feel like this is the right thing to do, should the afl be stepping into that area of the moral ground of what every australian has the right to choose yes no maybe where their areas where they feel their
6: allegiances lie i think it's always a a challenging issue but what i'd say is this um i do think that we are a community leader and there is an expectation on us to enunciate what we stand for because people if they buy into our game and our league want to know what I think the industry and the community and certainly the league stands for. I think we work hard at not lecturing people and I don't think making necessary moral decisions. I think we make decisions on what we stand for on issues, whether they be racism or others. I think if you talk about that that yes vote, it's one of our core things that what as a game we stand for is being a game for everyone. It was a public... Um, It was a public vote, and I think it would have been odd for us as an organisation not to be clear about what we stand for. And we were really clear, but not to say this is what you need to do. So, As an industry, as a league, that's that's where we stood. And I think you make decisions on that. People have different views. Some people clearly didn't agree with it, but that's where we stand. The only thing I would say to that is that the... (laughs) You you know where I stand.
4: It's it's fine. I'm fine with it. But the over 55s, who are an enormous part of this game, Mm. probably if you took the blanket view over them, wouldn't have stood for it. Yet the representation of their code said, yes, this is what we stand for. So
6: representing them... Yeah, that is right. At some point you're going to make decisions down. I mean, I tell you what, if you don't make decisions, you. you, you don't go anywhere. In real terms, if you're not making progressive decisions going forward, in real terms, you're going backwards. So, you know, as long as we articulate that, we don't lecture it and say that we actually are a game, and I think people deep down respect the fact that we are for everyone and are proud of that. On that issue, the over-55s might have been against us. But in totality, as long as they actually understand the logic, why we're talking to everyone, they might not agree. But I think ultimately, hopefully, it's a net game. So that's, that's
4: one issue there is a raft of issues. So I think I've heard your answer now from you feel like you morally have to give a viewpoint, a stand, no, 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 no. when
6: something arises as to how the fraternity wants to be viewed. No, I, I, I don't think it's a moral decision. I think it's people on, on issues of community leadership that people have to have to, we have to have a position on that. Now, we try not to lecture and we try not to be out there all the time, but there are moments when actually that's expected of us because we are ultimately one of the biggest forces in every community in Australia. And it's incumbent upon us and it's expected of us. If we didn't, I think people would go, where are you on this issue? We want your view. We're looking for some leadership. And I think people debate that. We're not trying to force our way into every issue, but when you're talking to, you know, one in 25 Australians, men, women, and child in every community in Australia is a member of an AFL club or the AFL, they, we we speak for a lot of people and they're actually looking for leadership at times. That's our assessment. Um, again, we're not trying to, to to moralise or to do it all the time. Hopefully a lot of time we just stay out letting the football go. But there's a lot of issues and we we get drawn into it and I think it's an incumbent of us to have a position.
3: If footy fans were going to the polls next weekend, Gil, do you reckon your administration would be re-elected?
6: Yeah, you, go, you bang on us about this, Jared, all the time. All I can do is bang on about it. You, need to, uh, you know, get out of the weeds, I reckon, and actually just look at the scoreboard. We're, 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 we're highest attendance of all time right now. Ratings are strong. That's the only thing. That, the ins and outs of the day to day, where where you're meandering, there's people got issues all the time. In the end, the aggregate counts. So you're confident, you, you hang on, hang on, hang on. You're it. confident yep. that the footy constituency is absolutely with the AFL at the moment? I can't be confident of, of speaking for everyone all of the time. We always have issues, Jared. We're talking about some of them today. Um, I know that umpiring is topical at the moment. We're working hard to, to make uh, the umpiring the best we can. There's always going to be issues. I can only look at the trends and the numbers. I look at the research. I look at the crowds. The only thing you can look at is the macro uh, numbers to really know where everyone's at. And right now, so basically record crowds, record membership, record ratings, community football is strong. It doesn't mean people don't have issues with decisions or things that are going on, but that's all we can look to. The the
3: ratings are up. The scoring is down. How Mm. do you interpret those first set of figures this year?
6: Well, I just see more space in the game. So I think that the scoring is neither here nor there. It's been articulated as, as, a, as an outcome of more flowing, more, football, more space in the football. What I think is that I'm watching games that are 70 to 80. Or last night, I think last night was a good game. I don't know what the final score was, 70-something to Five 70 something. Yeah, but it was, yep. it, was, it was, you know, whatever it was, 70 points, 77 to 72 or something. But it was a good game and there was more space and more flow. And just because it wasn't 100 points kicked, I still think it was a good goal. So I think the rule changes have put some space in the game and and I think people are liking it. I think that, that, that the, the accumulation of what the decisions that Steve made has been had a great outcome.
8: Bob? Gil, did you have anything to do with the leaked video of your palmed oh, goal yeah, off the ground <laughs> yesterday that went viral? <laughs> I um, it took me a long time to sort of slow.
6: It's taken whatever it is, uh, twenty years to slowly sleek that out.
8: <laughs> so You should too. I uh, Think if any of us kick one like that and find its way out there.
6: I, I did. I was like, Jesus, how's that got out of? Pain? I'm, I'm very clear that uh, I think Fox Sports put that out, or someone for, you know, tribute to the footy show. But um, yeah, you can do. You can have one good goal in in,
4: in oh, your life. I can remember you playing in the state game, the junior state game at at. Uh Telstra Stadium, I think it was. What did you play that no, game? No, there? I played. The,
6: maybe a bit older. I was a, uh, I am, um, pretty average term generally. But uh, Docklands. It
4: was down the Docklands. You played a game there.
6: No, I don't think. I don't. They played. Uh, anyway, I didn't Edinburgh. have much of a career. I can tell you right. that. No, I thought you went in yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah, That's about uh, where we'll leave it. Could you
3: put the show down on a Friday night in future, Gill?
6: I reckon we could. I mean, um, the the direct response, Jared, is is you know, two South Australian teams is is been working through that with seven I you know I'm South Australia. I think it's one of the great games uh, it'll be cracker again this weekend um, yeah, yeah we could but we, we haven't got there yet but I think it'll be a good game for Friday night
3: thanks for joining us on Crunch Time see you guys thanks Gil for- McLaughlin the Chief Executive of the AFL the
1: award winning Crunch Time What the H is a deal on a Honda? Search Honda offers to find out about our great deals. Head to Subway and try the new hot grilled paninis.
3: It's a lively Saturday on Crunch Time. Know what the H you're getting. Ask Honda. And try the new hot grilled paninis at Subway. Jared and Bob Murphy at Ballarat. Dermot Brereton, Kane Corns with you, having a look back at last night and casting an eye forward. All the issues of the week are about to be placed on the table. But uh, let's do the three key takeaways for Crunchy Corn, the ultimate footy snack available at Coles. So Derm, to you for John Longmire. What's a win like that worth? last night.
4: Well we see how emotional he is. I think I'm seeing him this year down on the boundary. I mean you see him in the box when he used to get squashed into that tiny little box upstairs and three of them were on two seats and you could see him steam a little bit but down on the boundary with a bit of room to move you see how much he gesticulates and how what it means to him. I think he feels like he's under pressure and so a win like that really releases that pressure valve on him somewhat. I think that win meant more to him personally than we might actually have uh, realised last night.
3: Kane, there was, in all the other stuff last night, there was a 100-metre penalty, and I know how on edge you've been all year <laughs> about this. Is, is, I've been waiting funny? for it. So the same player has been involved in the two <sighs> that have happened. The first one he gave away, and the last night he got it. Um, <sighs> Were you content with the way that unfolded last night?
7: No, Jared, I wasn't. I've been I've been waiting for this rule to cost a team a game, and last night we saw it. I, c- I cannot cop the look of the game. And the counter argument is um, the players should know the rules. So, so firstly, Stringer drops the ball. Yep, that's a fifty, no problem. But for Smith to get penalised an extra fifty for what he did, I, I just can't have it. I can't have the team marching the ball from the back pocket to 30 metres out directly in front of goal and you lose by under a kick, cost you a goal. So I'll never be satisfied that this is good for the game.
3: And Bob, when will listen and be ready. Kevin Sheedy said a few weeks ago they're ready. They're ready to make the finals. They're ready to win a final. Doesn't look like that this morning.
8: I'm just a bit distracted by Kane want, wanting, wanting common sense on that one, but not then t- getting technical <laughs> on the other one. I, just, I need to get a lot. I thought I had Kane. I, had I thought, I knew, I, thought <laughs> I knew where Kane bomb, stood. Bomb. Derm, I just Com- had a big win then, Derm. Common sense goes out the
7: window when you've got a bloke halfway up a goalpost on a football ground. But where's the common sense in
8: that? I'm not saying he shouldn't be penalised morally, but maybe not technically. Uh, when will Essendon be ready? Yeah, Gerard. Look, I just just think the Bombers that I mean Kane described them as a tease that they are that almost team that they've they've two weeks in a row they've missed they've missed galvanizing victories that they've got they've got so many new players over the last couple of years high talent incumbents into their into their club close losses two weeks in a row Won a blockbuster at the MCG Anzac Day, and this one a win away from home. Th- these are the sort of wins that do galvanise. I think they do need as many of these kind of galvanising wins as they possibly can for that identity. And as we sit here, they're just there's still that almost a lot teams. of
4: ifs, Bob. There's always ifs. But yeah. if Joe Danaher plays last night,
8: and I'm sure Sydney would have loved a couple of their
4: outs yeah. to be playing like a f- the bloke called Franklin. If Joe Danaher plays, do they
8: win? It, they probably do win Dermot. It, does that wallpaper over some of the cracks that you pointed out earlier of the, the, the team defence, the holes in that and how, how teams can just move through them and score just that bit too easily? Mm.
3: So the takeouts for crunchy corn. Corn from the cob roasted to perfection and lightly salted the ultimate footy snack. Gil McLaughlin's just been with us on Crunch Time. Kane asked him whether he can sense the frustration of the fans in regard to the decision-making and the umpiring.
6: We the AFL and the industry needs to be to be better about that Um, and you know it's a very difficult job and there's technical interpretations um, um, all of the time and I think people want accountability and I understand that point of view it's a difficult job I thought generally um, last night was umpired very well um, and it was a very difficult decision at the end and I reckon either way it had gone last night people would have issue with it.
3: So let's find out, shall we? I feel like I've held this back for quite long enough. We will open the Star 21 open line, one 736 736 Star 21. Your world, endless possibilities, 1-300-STAR 21. If you, if you mount... Kane's view you have to accept the counterfactual that you would have been okay that you would have been okay if Myers was given another kick in the goal square to decide the game that's the only rider to it one 736 736 the broader issue is uh, the Bombers simply not good enough and um, I'm just going to poke my head out of the weeds and go would the AFL get re-elected <laughs> next week if that government was up for grabs? Uh, Joe's from Mount Waverley hello
9: Joe <laughs> Afternoon, guys. Um, just a couple of points I might. The first one that Phil was talking about in terms of where the umpire calls the player on the mark back, that's generally when a player takes the mark and they both go over. I'd imagine if someone's lining up for goal and then the player you know, climbs over the mark, that's always 50, so that's point one. The second one, Germany's probably involves you. How would you feel if um, Jim Steins, when he crossed the mark for Gary Buckingham, the umpire said, come back, come back, don't cross the line, and no free kick was played, or... Sicily a couple of weeks ago against the Doggies in such a crucial time, the umpire pays a free kick, which is the correct free kick, but has a huge impact on the game.
4: Joe from Mount Waverley deserves a great prize there, Jared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> box of crunchy because, corn, I reckon. <laughs> because,
7: Jared, when a player runs into the protected zone, it's a fifth. that's an automatic, automatic. 50-metre penalty. The, the umpire doesn't say, clear out, clear out. As soon as you enter that protected zone... He blows his whistle quicker than anything. And it has no 50, effect so.
4: most of the time no. on, on the delivery of the ball from the kicker. Good call. <laughs> well done, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Joe's made a good start. For yeah, go take, your sway one, I presume we're keeping score here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John's on the road.
3: John, welcome to Crunch Time. Yeah, look, I, was, I, I reckon we lost because of Clark and not Brown in the side. Clark missed two easy goals and all that other stuff. Look,
0: you know, they shouldn't give away penalties.
4: Yeah, Clark's fumble, John, in the... I think it was the... Was I well, was in the second half, about 25 metres out where Will Haywood ran into an open goal. Clark's fumble was detrimental to the Bombers'
8: chance. I get, I get vicariously nervous for Bombers fans through Zach Clark. He just makes me nervous when you just think, oh, I'm not sure what he's... I can feel the tension of the Bombers supporters.
3: Mark's with us in Greenvale. Hello, Mark.
9: Good morning, gentlemen. Or good afternoon, I should say. Look, uh, as a Swan supporter, I have to say, I actually feel like it was a hollow victory last night. I agree with Kane Corns. It should have been paid a free kick. Dane Rampey is an absolute dill uh, for what he was doing. And he (laughs) should today be being lambasted for costing the
4: Swans a win. Mark, I'm I'm sniffing Mark, that you're you know a really an Essendon supporter. Yeah, so do I. Portraying a <laughs> yes. portraying yep. Swans? Great supporter. call, Dermot. Yeah, am I? Uh, come on, Mark. Fess yeah. up, really?
9: <laughs> Dermot, I've called this radio station for a number of years, um, and I've picked on you about having a go about the salary cap and the Swans and the Cola. So you should know me. I'm really surprised <laughs> that you
8: don't. But I think this um, is Mark Harvey or Mark Bolton or some yeah. Bombers ex yeah, ringing Mark. ringing bells
4: now, Mark from Good <laughs> on you, Mark. Yes, <laughs> it's good to have you on board. Uh,
3: Aaron is from Richmond. Hello,
0: Aaron. Hey mate, how you going? Good. <laughs> That's good. Um, look, Mark, I just wanted to have a have a bit of a chat. Just throughout the the call at the end, I think it was a free kick, I think that um, you know, technicality is technicality, is technicality but. Uh, Look, I would have liked that to have been paid, obviously. We didn't deserve to win. But, look, what I want to talk about as well is Hipple and Myers is laughing after the after the shower. And I think that, I mean, I was devastated last night. And to see that from the captain after 15 years of mediocrity is just, mate, it's just heartbreaking, to be honest. And, like, supporters around the country feel be feeling the same thing. I just, I, I can't believe that that sort of
9: stuff is, is sort of going on after a lot, given the supporters are bleeding, mate.
7: I watched it and I, I made – because I saw the still photo on Twitter and I said, surely they they didn't do that. So I made sure I went back and watched it. It was a very brief grin and a very brief smile, but it took me back, Bob, to, to Mark oh, no. Williams. And um, you speak about shutters from Rocket. <laughs> Mark Williams <laughs> did not allow you to shake hands with the opposition if you had a loss like that. And what he would do – After the, the footy, game, no shaking. After the game, like if if an opposition player came up to you – and shook your hand, you could quickly put your hand out and shake it, but you could not go out of your way to shake hands with the opposition. And to the point where he'd cut up the vision and show it on a Monday and and embarrass everyone for shaking hands after a loss like that. You couldn't talk on the bus. You couldn't talk on the plane. So, footy's come a fair way. I cannot imagine Choco watching that vision of Heppel (laughs) and Myers smiling after a loss like that. He would have been uh, pulling his hair out. Just Aaron, with
4: that, a lot of players, and, and they... When you do exist in a football club, you get sent to psychologists and they help you through various things. A lot of players deal with uh, adversity by by smiling and laughing, and it means that it's a nervousness in them. I I remember I went to a shrink once, Rudy Rebster, and started chatting to him, and he he gave me a great example. He said, world-famous fast bowler for the West Indies, Andy Roberts. And, Jared, you, you would remember him and love him mm. as a, a bowler. He used to be terrifying, but he never had a change in facial expression when he was bouncing. Greg Chappell and Ian Chappell and these blokes, he just deadpan stare them. The only time he'd face his face would change was when he was batting and he'd smile. And it came out that he would only ever smile when he was nervous and in fear. So some blokes... Their, their, their thought patterns and the way they conduct themselves, they laugh off adversity, and, and that's just what makes them who they are. I know it's not a great look, and it looks like there's no genuine care there, but some blokes are a little different like that. Yeah, it, it struck me of
3: Heppel going over to him, ah, oh, you were never kicking that, mate. You were—you ne- had him all con that you were going to make it from there to sort of remove any of the tension or the any of the responsibility from the moment.
8: Did you oh. see Myers wink? Yeah I, was, yeah, I was, I was, I was like, oh, did he, did he just wink? That was the, that's the thing that grabbed my attention. Mm. Yeah, I that's thought unusual. he believed Bob.
4: I thought he believed, oh, I got
8: this. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah that true. was, that was. Un- I, you know, I just, just say- think
8: with, I just think with this notion, if we're going to question players of if they're hurting enough, on yeah. the basis of a, a still photo or, or a split second moment, we need to be really, really certain. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's it such a-, a heavy charge that, and I don't yeah. think we get that.
4: Jerry, there was a beautiful, yep. a beautiful story once, just very, very quickly. Alan Jeans, we got pasted up against Carlton at, at Princess Park once, and Alan Jeans, who was very good at ripping you down, after the game he said, I want each and every one of you to go over into their club rooms, shout them a drink and shake their hands, because that's about as bloody physical as you've been with them today. You may <laughs> as well do it after the game. <laughs> nice,
3: nice. Steve's in Mentone. Hello to you, Steve.
9: Hello, gentlemen. Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, with regards to Gill, uh, I'll put it up front, I am an Essendon supporter, and we weren't winning last night. I thought we were pretty ordinary. But he's just declared that the rules of the game are open, open to whatever the umpire feels at the time. They're guidelines. They're not rules. That The bloke was up a post, shaking the post. The umpire saw it and chose not to pay a free kick. Just, he did see it. Yeah. It wasn't a 50-50 holding the ball. It was something the umpire saw, and it was just it had to be paid. Um, if the umpire didn't see it, and the same thing happens, absolutely not a problem. But once he's seen it, he had to pay that. There's no way around that.
8: Steve, what Steve? What credence? The guideline. What what credence do you give to the when a player's just over the mark and the umpire asks them to come back a, a meter or two? Do you are you comfortable with that?
9: I'm certainly comfortable with that because the... uh, So what's
8: the the difference then?
9: The the player on the mark, it's an arguable point, but the player on the mark... At least theoretically, may not know where he is in space at any given time. Yeah, yeah. i you're think a Dane was in space. There, Steve's got a great point there, so I think
8: what, there Bob. has got a great point there. I'm not arguing that Dane wasn't in some sort of space, <laughs> brain space.
3: Well think, done, Steve. Yeah. What we can say with absolute certainty is the umpires' department would have ticked off on this either way. Yeah. If it, if had, it had, had been, been paid, at the end of the game, Jared. Yeah. If
4: it ha- if it had been throughout the game. And the goal had the free kick had been awarded. Would we be having such a furor over the the possible end result?
3: Yeah, because it's such an odd moment. I think it would be absolutely right at the heart of the conversation. It's just yeah, something I, that you I don't see. I think it see. compounds
4: it though. Yeah, yeah. By well, being that's right. Because it literally determines the game. Yeah. It, it, I'd like I'd,
7: your thoughts, Jared, I mean, because you you have been on the fence a little bit. You, maybe yeah, yeah. you have the d- deciding oh, vote here. Yeah, I'm just I'm come moderating on. the debate. Don't don't tell Gil though. It's <laughs> apparently every question is absolutely <laughs> loaded. John's John from out Greensboro out
9: Hello to you, John. Yeah, thank you, boys. Uh, look, my umpiring issue, but slightly left field. Um, watching a little bit of um, old time footy, and me and my young fella sit there and we talk about the marking these days. And I think overall, uh, over the last decade, and it's gotten worse, umpires don't pay the mark as easily as they used to. I mean, back in yesteryear, I mean, you remember Gary Ablett's mark, got a fingertip to it, dropped into his bread basket, and he was paid a mark. But these days guys really have to hold on to the ball yep. to be paid a mark. Where back in the old days, it didn't happen. What do you reckon, me
4: Yeah, look, the, the mark Gary Ablett got awarded here down at the Punt Road End, which I think was mark of the year that year. Yep. Aaron Francis held his double that time last night. And he was not awarded the mark. I I, I think this is a good call. Well, it's just a matter for, you know, whether you want to interpret that way. I think the incumbent rules makers of the umpires at that's in any one era decide that and that's the way they go i think it's it'd be terrible if we had inconsistency throughout the umpires but if you're going to be one way or the other in uh, in any era it's got to be blanket consistency one way or the other so i like the fact that they have to secure the ball but they did used to once was a time where you didn't have to secure the ball for as long i think you're right john
8: used to be three bites to the cherry, wasn't it? What Correct. happened to that? Yeah, the old three <laughs> bites to the cherry. It.
4: And that was a catch cry as well. Yeah,
8: that was uh, ours in the schoolyard. No, he's had three bites to the cherry. You've got to pay that.
0: <laughs> good on you, John. Joe's with us in Hawthorne. Joe, far away. Yeah, um, good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, with that incident, uh, the player jumping on the goalpost, I'm pretty sure that the reportable offence,
4: it happened to Fletcher... A couple of years ago... Wasn't there that was the human, human wall, though, post. Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? Was it, with, with Fletcher, wasn't that a uh, what they call a human wall, where they, they formed their own human wall, like giving another no, no, lift? No, no. he shook a post. I did he did shake a post, post on another yeah. occasion,
1: yeah.
3: So that, yeah. the fine $1,000 for a first offence of shaking a goalpost.
8: Now, just yeah. before Kane goes well, into how many well weeks, done, Dane Rampy <laughs> should have gotten, I'm just going Four. to lay this, that... I don't think Dane Rampey did shake the post, and I don't think he climbed very high up the post either, just before Kane says he I should couldn't get weak.
4: I surprised I how sure. high he got. <laughs> so,
8: inadvertent shaking, accidental so, shaking.
3: Michael Christian's the house of cards. He can bring the house of cards down <laughs> later today. Is if he charges Dane Rampey. <laughs> he that was almost sort of in the crow's mist. Chris, so can bring the system to its knees. I've lost yeah. it here. <laughs> it's going to get weeks. Yeah. Right.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> great goal, Joe. Well <laughs> it's A fixed financial offence. Shaking the goalpost. Go. Glorious.
7: Who. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he just.
8: There's so many great. I mean, hypotheticals are dangerous, but just what, how John Longmire would have reacted if the free oh. kick was paid. Just. Oh, it's tantalising. <laughs> Jamie oh. is with
3: us in Gippslands. Oh. Jamie, welcome to Crunch Time.
9: Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you going? Good, Jamie. Well, I think we should be talking about the great young bloods that are coming through. It's really exciting, you know. I've followed them for a long time and in fact Dermot, I was there when you kicked the winning goal against Melbourne in the Think ninety four
5: for the Swannies at the G. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're Remember talking
4: that? about old, old Swannies. Now there are some good kids though. I'm personally uh, 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 friendly with young um, Ollie Florent. He's he's gonna, he's turning into a wonderful prospect. But Haywood, uh, uh, he hasn't had the best of season so far, but he suffered that injury to his um, his jaw. Dawson's come on a lot better than we had previously thought, Jamie. Uh, McCartan, Blake, fantastic. Yeah.
8: Do you like McCartan, Durham? Oh, McCartan's
4: he's, unreal. Yeah, Jamie, the one thing I'd say about him is he's a two-foot jumper. He, he jumps just, off two feet, which which is going to lead to problems. When, I mean, he had, uh, on occasion last night, he had some younger opponents against him. An experienced opponent, if you get to the the sharper end of the season, is just going to take his jump away from him if you're a two-foot jumper.
0: But it does work. He plays in front term.
4: Yeah, that's good. And he's a good athlete too, isn't he? Yeah, it, I, the progress of Papley is through the roof. Um, I, I, I read an article a couple of weeks ago. I sound like Robbo now. Did you read an article? <laughs> um, <but if> there, <laughs> I, heard some, I heard some laughter in the back then. But if there was a state of origin team being chosen now, Papley would go really close to the line Mm. of wearing a big V jumper. He's been fantastic. Uh, uh, Some of the other boys they've got coming through, as I mentioned uh, Florent and um, Haywood Haywood. And Alir is still a a young man and developing week by week, although he's flattened off a little bit from what we saw at the start of the year. He's making a few errors, but you're going to get that with Alir until he's probably about 26, 27. Um, I think there's some real upside, and the Swans have done very well, Jamie, in in massaging these lower draft picks. I mean, higher draft picks, or oh, whichever way you want to term it, outside the first draft except for Florent. I think he was 12 or 13. I think they've done incredibly well for getting these boys up to speed.
3: All right, that's a snapshot from the start. 21 open line. I suspect we could lose the rest of the afternoon to this if uh, if we were inclined to, but you we will move it, ourselves you into the it. crunch.
8: You won't do it, Jared. <laughs> for yeah. Scooty, a
3: Scooty two-wheeled taxi. <laughs> Leave boredom behind. All right, so the topics of the week is, could this be the end for Jared ruffhead Doom after listening to Alistair Clarkson? There wasn't a lot of comfort there yesterday.
4: He, he's, he's a tough and hard taskmaster. Um It'll be tough for Ruffy because he now no longer, for what his skill sets are, he now no longer has a natural position to revert to. Uh, he doesn't jump high enough or mark the ball well enough to be a key forward. He, there was once a time where you could almost play him as a mid mid size forward because of his agility on the ground. He he doesn't ha- quite have that anymore with with his with his ageing. Uh, age aspect, he doesn't run as much. I've spoken to a few opposition players to him as to uh, in the last few days as to how much he covers, and he doesn't cover the ground as much. He's another two-foot jumper as as well. So, <laughs> in McCartan, Tim Membry, uh, Jared Ruffhead, I think two of them have got basketball backgrounds. They're all two-foot jumpers, amazingly. So I, I I'm worried about where. Uh, Jared's natural position will now be, should he get back in. The one thing I would say as a Hawthorne supporter is feel very proud of your club that when somebody gets to milestone games and it's always it was instilled into us, you earn every game. And if you are dropping Jared Roughhead, Hawthorne by and large, across the journey for a their existence have never gifted games. Desmar, who was a wonderful servant of the Hawthorne Footy Club, got dropped before a grand final on game 199. Never made it, God rest his soul. Um, Hawthorne don't gift games. If you get a game at Hawthorne, it's because you are deemed to be in the best 20 or 22 these days as chosen at that time. We don't gift
7: games. And that's the club. one of the club mantras.
3: Kane, what do you reckon the future looks like for Jared?
7: Um, I uh, firstly just to say how class has been with the way he's handled it, but yeah, I mean, I mean, the writing was on the wall last year, wasn't it? I, I love the fact that they gave him a chance to get going, and Clarko said as much. But it just goes to show what a strong coach he is. And I look at I look at Simon Goodwin, and perhaps he's been a little bit more lenient with some of his senior players, whereas Clarko doesn't doesn't have that, and that's what makes him such a great coach. He's got the hard edge. He's got the courage that perhaps some other coaches, you know, you look at uh, Brendan Bolton's changes this week for Carlton, you look at Simon Goodwin's, I know they won last week, but there's some issues there. Clarker doesn't have any of it. When there's a hard call to be made, he makes it.
8: Yeah, I, I, I was... That's it, was one, it was one thing to, to hear the news that, he, that he'd been dropped. It was a, it was a completely other thing to hear Alice to sort of put on the agenda of, you know, I hope we haven't seen him for the last time. That's when I was oh, oh oh okay. It's it's that kind of there. level of yeah, we we might be there already. That was which and, and Kane you mentioned how well Ruffy handled it straight away, which, you know, that's a that's a credit to the man that he is and the player that he's player that he's been and you know the the club and, and Clark I've had a you know they've done these well in the past with Lewis and Mitchell and Hodge but this is a different situation of round eight this is a this is a long time uh, until the end of the year if this is the way it Is goes. there a
4: cutoff to a point Bob where and, and let's I'm touching wood as I speak here in the commentary box the the, the panel of wood in front of me <laughs> is there a cutoff point where if he plays half a dozen games and he gets through to, you know, round 14, 15, 16, and he's still in the reserves where he says, I'm holding up the progress of some kid mm. even coming through Box Hill. he to yeah, make I'm, it to Hawthorne. I really need to hard. step aside. Is, is there a it's, cut-off it's, point for a champion like him?
8: I, I, it's it's a really difficult one, isn't it, Derm? But I, I put your, if we put ourselves in that situation, I, I think if I, if you got to round 14, 15, having play, you. It would almost be I would ask the you know, have it call the coach for a chat and say, Where are we at? Is this is it done? done? And then and then and then call it.
3: All right, more of the crunch coming up after the break here in Ballarat. Tim English is out of the Bulldogs team with general soreness. Fletcher Roberts replaces him. The teams at the MCG, Carlton and Collingwood will be unchanged. The forty wink series about sleep ladder update any size mattress at the price of a single. At 40 Winks. Sydney climbed off the bottom last night. They've moved to 15th. Essendon is 13th. The Blues in 18th place, but they can leap off the bottom if the Juju is in at the MCG. We might talk a little bit of Carlton and the Pies and events surrounding that after the break. That's the ladder for a bed that wins every night. Head into 40 (laughs) Winks.
1: The award-winning Crunch Time. What the H is a deal on a Honda? Search Honda Offers to find out about our great deals. Head to Subway and try the new hot-grilled Paninis.
3: This is Crunch Time. Sydney, first up winners over Essendon to begin round eight. Two games this afternoon at the MCG. It's Carlton and Collingwood here. In Ballarat, it's the Bulldogs and the Lions. And a significant late change for the Dogs. Tim English has withdrawn and Fletcher Roberts will take his place. Jared Waitley, Bob Murphy, Dermot Brereton exploring the key topics of the week and how they impact on this weekend for the Crunch. The quickest way to leave the MCG. Scooty, your two-wheeled taxi. Download the app today. So, Derm, you're at the G. Yep. If if Carlton was to beat Collingwood this afternoon, how cranky do you think the Collingwood footy department might be with Eddie Maguire for stoking the fires during the <laughs> week? Uh,
4: I think they'll be crankier on their own players. Uh, it's not as if you're ever not having a go and because you, your president says something. I mean, you prefer it not to be said. That's just a, a, a respectability clause in life um yeah i'm not that i'm not that big on that syndrome and i used to have this argument with my coaches a lot of the time i said well if did you expect the opposition weren't going to have a go and now they're really going to have a go because of something that said you just you expect that your opposition is going to be at their best anyway um yeah i, I don't pay it all that much credence but. Sometimes everybody wants somebody to blame. If they were to lose today to Carlton, somehow, some way, they'd probably want someone to blame. But I guarantee you, they won't say it to his face. <laughs> I think Nathan Buckley might have said it to Eddie's face earlier in the week, but
3: that's okay. What about you, Bob? With the pies? Mm.
8: Oh, I just have this juju feeling today about the Blues, oh, Jared. <laughs> This this is, this is all comes back to footy tipping then and we saw it last week there's, there's there's been strange things happen all year the Carlton Collingwood games have got I mean Collingwood should win all the the metrics however you want to cut it up they oh, they Bob, they this should is like win
4: saying no Tim English no foot's great
8: <laughs> Well on. well let's well, well hold that thought for a few hours we never know if Stephen Martin gets a hold of the Bulldogs up here I mean Collingwood should win but I I think Carlton after after being really, really ordinary last week, will give a much better showing, and and they've been competitive this year.
3: How would Travis Boat feel today? So he's given up the captaincy. Uh, he's managed that extremely well. Every senior player on the list seems to be injured, so he's back captaining for the showdown. Bob,
8: how would he feel about that? I would. I would imagine. I hope. I hope that he just feels. Really good about it. I think you know, having having done the job with. Such distinction for for a long time. Um, you seem to think he might have. Is there is, there, is that is that loaded? Is that no, so another loaded one today? Breaking that? stuff into the questions. I'm just asking the questions. <laughs> it's that raised eyebrow. Is that what's happening? It's going to feel eyebrow. like Bill Short and Bobby. He'll
4: get the job done as the leader, but then his team will take it off him halfway. <laughs> oh, oh,
8: damn. <laughs> oh wow, on t- on point, this down the, a path there. The election. That's very topical. Very on point. I think I think he'd be it'd be privileged to be back in the saddle, Jerry. What about you, Derm? Uh,
4: yeah, I think he's played incredibly well. I don't think it has anything to do with his, uh, whether he has the title of um, a leader against his name, captain against his name. Uh, it, won't, it won't faze him. I think at this point of his career, he's concentrating on his output as a footballer, whether it's as a titled leader or not, I, I don't think it'll phase in one week It's bit.
8: probably a luxury for Ken Hinckley, to be honest, of, you know, because there might be the if you give it to a, a, a younger player for the one week, it might you know in a showdown it might sort of you know be too much you know, and they get overawed by it and that you, know, you wouldn't imagine that happened to Travis spoke.
3: Should the showdown be trusted as a,
4: a glitzy national primetime slot on a on a Friday yeah. evening? Yes. Absolutely, I reckon it'd be fantastic.
8: We we love it. Mm. Yeah, I, I, that's the temperature I have of the
3: fixture. is a bit slow to this, I reckon. Is mm. I think there is there's a fascination with the game, and it delivers so routinely.
8: It delivers, and and these two teams, it's an intriguing matchup just on current form. Of I mean, I don't know what the odds are. I'm not who who's favourite. I think they're seventh and sixth on the ladder. I think you could make a pretty good argument either way. It's a, it's close to match of the round. It's got a
4: spine tingling recent history, Dan. uh, uh they're always good matches. It's a little bit like the the derby <laughs> when the derby used to take place at the you know, at the start of its existence. I mean, players <laughs> be looking to kill each other. Um, yeah, I like it. I think it's when you see two teams and you know there's an investment of real uh, emotion and a dislike. I like watching teams you know dislike each other. And for me, that's, uh, yeah, here we go. What do we got? Uh, Adelaide at a dollar sixty-five. Are we allowed to give odds? What, what I am just reading off. Oh, I Just market. say their favourites. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. All right. Yeah, their favourites. Adelaide
3: favourites. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I suppose that's on the injury list of Port because if they were yeah. both right, as Port, mm. you'd have Port ahead of Adelaide. I would have.
8: Yeah. Mm. Um,
3: mm. Derm. Yeah, well, but, well, but, the, but there we
4: yeah. go. When you say you'd, on, once again, yeah. If if Port didn't have the injuries. But then once again, these two teams even up as you view the, you know, who's going to win just because they, they bitterly dislike each other so much. Some some teams, regardless of where they are on the ladder, put on great games every time be, just because of that mantra they've got of that the, the dislike and the hatred they have for each other. I, yeah, I don't read into it so much as the injuries. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Port could win this. This is the crunch for Scooty. Make your trip exciting. Scooty
3: two-wheeled taxis. What would the legacy of the Footy Show be, Dan? Uh,
4: I think it was a, like most things. It, it it came with the times. There were several things we loved about it in the early years. It was like like having a a sportsman's night, which every young fella in the '90s tended to go to his local footy club and and spend thirty bucks to go and watch you know, a couple of ex footballers speak, whereas on a Thursday night you got to see them first time and see what their personalities were. You had the irreverence of that era of Sam Newman and you found out the teams as well. Now you got a phone, you look at your phone to find out the teams. Now you've got the saturation in media of of what footballers are like personality wise and the likes and 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 political correctness as I mean, they, what happened in the end, I think they, they catered to minority groups and they got a minority share. Um, not to say that some things were right, some things were wrong. Um, it, it's, TV shows are like, they have a use-by date and it probably just reached its use-by date. It was groundbreaking for what it used to do. You watched it also for Eddie in those days. He was a pure news-breaker. There's no more breaking of news anymore because you pick up your phone and you get an alert if on your, your your app your footballing app whichever one it may be and you hear about the breaking news within seconds. So it sort of lost its bite in that regard. Do you have a favourite an
3: enduring memory
4: of it? I most of them are with Sam and Eddie when Eddie was allowing Sam you know allowed Sam to stoke the fire himself and Uh, Yeah, he was an incredible showman, Sam Newman, with wonderful, wonderful timing. A lot of people, uh, you know, disagree with a lot of his antics, but as a show person, he was and remains an incredible person with wonderful timing. I think that Sam Newman's uh, ability on that show was why I used to tune in if I, you know, wasn't participating in some way, shape or form.
3: So the footy show um, no longer with us as of yesterday. Bob, um, did you catch Damien Hardwick's clip of Matthew Lloyd? <laughs>
8: <laughs> I love this stuff because this is this is the dance, Jared. This is the football industry dance of Lloyd. That's that's Lloyd's job. That's and that's Lloyd's signature move is to do that. And to and and, and Derm, we're, we're you know great to have Derm here as one of the key key forward mafias <laughs> and Lloydy's a part of that mafia as well and so they go after the other the young key forwards trying to make their way. So that's Lloydy's job and it's and it's Dimmer Hardwick's job to protect his players and also with just the little side wink and little slap back of being an old teammate yeah. of Lloyd's as well. And just a little clip of oh could he even could he even spell a certain word. So I thought I, I, I just enjoyed it from from the gallery.
4: That was good term, wasn't it? Uh, you're very good. I think Damien Hardwick's He's, after he's won that premiership a couple of years ago, he's relaxed his stance to the media and he's talked about Mrs Hardwick. and He's, <laughs> he's become somewhat of a showman himself and he's been able to sell his club a lot better and, and able to participate in antics like this.
3: Yeah, I said to Hutto last night, the only way that could have been better is if he'd finished it with all of you... All of you, all of because you. it did hark. It was in the same category as Bomber and Brad. <laughs> all, all of us, you. all those years ago. <laughs> Bomber did deliver that. That line was
4: Big Otto, wasn't it? it was yeah, like yeah. I mean, he yeah.
3: was about seven or eight games in as well. So it was – it was. the scenarios are extremely similar. And, yeah, yeah it was the, – the notes in that were spot on. The quickest way to leave the MCG Scooty, your two-wheeled taxi, download the app today. So have plenty more to come in The Crunch. We assess the issues that have been, but particularly the issues that are to come in the rest of this weekend. Go behind the stories with Damian Barrett in his new podcast, In The Game, Every Thursday, the latest edition is Patty Dangerfield. If you're on the road at some point for a length of time this weekend, it is well worth plugging that in and having a listen.
1: More of Crunch Time after the break.
3: On 11.16 SEM, the award-winning Crunch, Crunch time.
1: time. What the H is a deal on a Honda? Search Honda offers to find out about our great deals. Head to Subway and try the new hot-grilled paninis.
3: Jared Waitley, Dermot Burton, Bob Murphy with you on Crunch Time a look to the rest of round eight. What are the flash points? And don't forget to grab your AFL record this weekend. Still just $5, thanks to Karcher, the official 2019 partner of the AFL records. Uh, Do my eyes drawn to the MCG tomorrow, to Hawthorne and the Giants. Uh, you can see what the Giants are brewing at the moment. They're 2-13 and 13 in their history at the MCG, which is skewed by the early days. But... If they're going to be the team that they look like this year, there are big MCG dates in their future.
4: Yeah, they don't get a lot of them at the MCG, do they? That's the drawing power, and that's the way the league schedule it. But I think they, they account for Hawthorne comfortably tomorrow. Their team, we've, we've spoken about them in recent times this season... They have a lot more workmanship about their their game. They've always been a contested ball team. They've always been able to move the ball when needed at express pace. Uh, But now they... Like, you just have a look in their forward line. Daniels is a worker, tackler. Uh, Toby Green, as good as he is, is a tackler and an aggressive player. Uh, Himmelberg is a key forward who's a worker. Uh, Bunting is named on the half-forward flank back in this week. He's a a lockdown-type forward who will restrict an opposition attacking backman. And so you just look across their team now, the balance between top-end drafted talent and workmanship qualities is is a lot better now. So we're not just a team saying um, the, the keys to the Ferrari are here, we're all top-enders, we're used to in juniors just going out and winning the game purely on talent. They've got workers in their team now, and the balance is right.
8: The balance is, yeah, I agree with you 100%. The, the balance of their stars and their role players, a guy like Sam Reed, you know, they, they've just found spots for those guys that give them this really good even balance. I really like yeah, the Zach Giants. Williams yeah, Williams is
4: also that type of player. DeBoer gets a game as well. Even Taranto, Bob, with his uh, yeah. uh, his ability to uh win the ball tackle hard be a be a grunt player for a top end uh, draft pick
8: and that i just i love i love sides with three three forwards who are tall but versatile so cameron who is who's a big he's the obvious key but Himmelberg and finlayson play they're, they're both that versatile and it means on any given week one of them gets the third defender so one of them might might get off the chain. They've just got, yeah, like you say, damn good balance.
3: They've got two of the next three weeks at the G. What, what would it mean to their ambition to pick off both of those?
8: Be intriguing is whether if Leon Cameron would refer to it or not. I'm sure whether he does or doesn't, They it would be one of those things. It's just in the room. of. They seem to have a really sharp focus this year, the Giants, of having been close a couple of times. Their injury list is better this year. If they can stay healthy, they think they'll be there towards the end of the year. So they, and every, I mean, everyone just you know, sometimes it comes down to the basic thing of every player loves playing at the MCG. There's just nothing quite like it because of because of the stature that place has. So they'll they'll, they'll want to make most of it. They I get see- the
4: D's in 14 days' time, and unless something, even though they're on the back of a win, unless something extraordinary happens with with Melbourne, they win both MCG games. MC-
3: I see, Derm, that you've tipped St Kilda to beat West Coast. The yeah, juju. I, I'm,
4: yeah. <laughs> I'm, I think West Coast, if things run for them, I think they're the best team in the comp. But at the moment, what you've got is a team that intercept marks, wins the ball back, and then doesn't give it away. They, they retain the ball by kicking, but they're not a precise team. Now, what this does is they, they don't place a lot of credence. Remember like, Clarkson at Hawthorne, he could win games, win grand finals without winning contested footy numbers. They didn't place all that much credence in the absolute you know, numerical figure of the win on contested footy. Now, that's fine, but when your game style starts really basing itself on retention of the footy once you have won it, interception of the opposition's kicks i think it it teaches you to play in a certain strain and i once again i use that that word imbalance i think they're a little confused as to how well or how often they need to win the ball in dispute and it worries me in games like this where st kilda just love winning the ball uh, the, uh, they're a hard-working team. Admittedly, they're a, you know they're, they're they're a young team and things can go wrong on occasion. But if St Kilda win the ball, I, I think West Coast Eagles. And we've seen a, a pretty good blueprint against them from Port Adelaide um, two, three weeks ago on how to play them and take their intercept game out. I think St Kilda. I think they they steal this one.
3: It'd be a result that had plenty of discussion points in it, Bob.
8: Far out. There it would be it would be a, a big win, huge win for St Kilda, who we're still we're still getting a handle on what exactly St Kilda are this year. But it, it would raise massive questions for West Coast, isn't it? And there's already there's already just you know there's there's a question mark there of of, of how how high West Coast can reach you, this Bob, year. How yeah.
4: how much how little the West Coast Eagles win. Yeah. The, the contested footy at the moment those numbers are getting remarkably low
8: that's really low at the moment yeah, and, the, and just getting 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 hammered getting like there's one thing to lose but to get hammered as the reigning premier that's that the Adam Simpson seems I mean he said it he seems concerned
3: Melbourne's had a curious week so they go up to face the Suns who they they're in quite good nick Gold Coaster is the interesting part. Other than the specific discussion around Stephen May was they got the uplift of the tooth and nail win and mm. then they by Monday that was gone for them and their whole week has been mired in a negative conversation.
8: We think, don't we? But we we're not sure.
3: Yeah, we're, so externally. Externally
8: yeah. it looked like the, the momentum that they'd sort of had to work so hard to get was was damaged. But I I'm I'm not convinced it was damaged, yep. but, but it, it it very you know, it, it could have been. But it's it's just something we, we can't know. it's obviously something they would rather have avoided but no penalty was given. maybe, maybe they've just brushed it brushed that punch but well they'll, they'll get tested up there. the Gold Coast the Gold Coast have you know they've shown they've shown a bit this year they make they'll make the earn it.
4: Have they shown a bit? Uh, I somebody r- raised the question with me and uh, by extension of that question they posed to me, I would say if Stewie Jew, can win another four games this season with the Suns. Is he the, does he become the best-performed coach of the year? We viewed, and champion data, and I know it's not everything, but most of the pundits had them finishing 18th by a long way. And yeah. most pundits said they'd win one game, maybe two. They lose their captain, their ex-captain, Uh, their best backman, their best key forward, and they gain really good talents in Lukosius and Rankin at the top end. Rankin's been out injured. Lukosius has not adjusted to the tempo of league footy well yet. We know he's a good talent, but he has had no effect on the the results thus far. So what they have done for their three wins... What they've done so far has been without... They've lost their two best players. They haven't had any benefit on what they've got in. So it's all system. It's all uh, motivation. It's all from the coach's box with what has already been there at the the Suns. And and they lost Lyon as well, who was their major ball winner. It's an extraordinary coaching feat. I mean, the systems he must be putting in, it's not an attractive style of footy, I might add. It's quite Sydney-esque of, you know, several years ago. But his coaching performance this season, if he wins another handful, I'd say he's the best-performed coach for the year. All
3: right, Derm, what's a pass mark for Carlton this afternoon?
4: Uh, somewhere within four goals, I'd say. But, but you're looking for you know. what, what Yeah, You're looking for competitiveness for like 80% of the match until the much, much better equipped Collingwood team will sweep them aside at some stage. But, yeah, Cruiser out there is a big, big benefit to Carlton. I would think competitiveness for... Yeah, no, at least 80% of the match. And you've just stepped in, Bob, and gone, are oh, we? <laughs>
8: <laughs> yeah, I've gone full juju gut instinct to get the moons and stars aligned, that they'll get over the line. But, but in reality, if, if I think they, if, if they can be up to their eyeballs in this game at three-quarter time, I think that's, I think that's a pass, mate. Good stuff.
3: Derm, great to have you as part of it as ever. Cheers, boys. Bob, well, we're at Ballarat, so our afternoon is going to be the Bulldogs and the so Lions. The Lions are five and two. We'll see. They're out warming up. Soak up need the to sunshine, up. boys. <laughs> 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 this has been Crunch Time, the up-the-post edition of Crunch Time. <laughs> know what the age you're getting. Search Ask Honda and try the new hot grilled paninis at Subway. What can footy dish up this Saturday afternoon as a postscript to what took place last night?